Welcome to the People, Passion, and Purpose podcast, where you will hear from creative small business owners in the trenches every single day, talking story, talking lessons, talking failures, talking truth. I'm your host, Nina Elkovner. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome today's guest, Amber O'Hara. Amber is a hairdresser, salon owner, co-founder of the Business of Balayage, and leader of the newly created House of Collaboration, a place for independent educators in the salon industry to build and grow their education brands. Welcome, Amber. Thank you, Nina. I'm so excited to be here with you. And you've been such an inspiration to me throughout the last few years of my career. So I'm honored to be here. And you're our first guest. Yay! I'm freaking <laughs> out. Okay. So it's let's cool. just not overthink this yes. and, and let's dive right in. How long have you been a small business owner? Well, I have been a small business owner for the last 17 years. So um, first with my independent behind the chair business, which I ran as a business, uh, then starting the business of Balayage, now salon owner, now. So about 17 years. Wow. Did you always know you wanted to own a small business? I always knew I wanted the independence of a small business, but I never wanted to own an actual salon. So, um, it's kind of a, and here you are. Question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I avoided owner. it like the plague. <laughs> that is so exciting. So let's dig into some some deep shit. You know me. Yeah. You know, yep. I gotta go. I gotta go all in. So what does passion mean to you? And and what is your passion? Wow. Passion means to me, you know, the fire in my belly, the reason I am motivated to do more and be more and provide more. That's what passion means to me. And what is your passion if someone was to just and ask you? just ask me my passion is to help others grow, thrive, develop their own sense of self, their own brand, their own business, their own clientele, something that's their own. Do you see passion different than purpose? I don't actually. I think for me, it feels very similar. My passion is what kind of defines um, what gives me the purpose to do what I want to do. Yeah, because I love how you said the passion is fuel. Because that is fuel. I mean, that, you know, so many times I get asked, where do you find inspiration? Where do you find, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it, it goes back to that fire. I love, I love how you said that. So um, let's talk about your biggest failure. Mm. So my biggest failure, I think, as leader and co-founder and brainchild of the business of Balayage was ignoring all the warnings that I had seen, especially from you and those around me about self-care. I ignored, ignored, ignored. I thought that if I just threw my self-will at it, I could do more, you know, more things, more activities, more events, more educators, more this. And it wound up leaving me in a place where I felt very depleted. And um, similar to you had that breakdown, which came out in different ways because I am sober. So I didn't, you know, drink. I didn't do anything super crazy, but I did lash out around to the people around me, which I felt like a huge failure in leadership for doing that. 
Your self-awareness is so incredibly inspiring. And, you know, we talk a lot about that. Um, I mean, I do, you do. We, we, we all see the value of self-awareness and it really hurts. <laughs> it's, <Yeah>. it's a big, <laughs> you know, punch, speaking of gut, it's a big punch in the gut. But without it, you know, these lessons don't come. So yeah. I, I love that you see that, that you own it and take responsibility for it. And it just makes you a better leader. That's so awesome. Um, let's talk about your biggest success. My biggest success, I would say, is working through those feelings of inadequacy, of feeling like I don't deserve, of um, feeling like I'm not good enough, which is similar to inadequacy. I think just working through that core, deep, I'm not good enough shit to kind of get through the other side and realize that I'm not defined by what I do, but I can build, you know, self-esteem by taking actions that kind of make me feel better about myself. So I'd say that's my biggest success is just, you know, when I started in this industry, when I was 16, I was just a, you know, manic, depressed, crazy mess. And I've been able to grow into a woman of dignity and grace and, and work through some uncomfortable shit. And would you be comfortable sharing any of that process with us? What, how do we build that confidence? How do we find more self-love? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to sound like an expert because I definitely have room for growth, but I think it starts with that negative self-talk. And the second I hear it, um, I just replace it with a positive affirmation. And that's something for me, as I've kind of worked through a lot of stuff in therapy and the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and in, you know, my business coaching with you and that kind of stuff, it's frequency, intensity, duration. So it doesn't happen as frequent. It's not as intense and it doesn't last as long. Um, so I very quickly can turn myself around. So when I wake up in the morning and I have that self-doubt of I'm not a good enough mom, I go through some positive affirmations of the type of mom that I am and that I value and I can kind of work myself through that. And same thing with salon owner, stylist, all of that stuff. I love that so much because, you know, we, we share similar processes yes. as I too mm -hmm. was, you know, in recovery and, um, you know, my, my crazy mind and crazy thinking, um, has these incredible, you know, catastrophes happening all the time. And, mm. and so one of the, one of my daily, well, daily several times a day, mm -hmm. is that a rational thought or is that an irrational thought? I know that's very, you know, familiar to yes. you. And yes. it, it, it's a constant thing. And that kind of goes back to that self-awareness and being able to feel and be aware of these thoughts. I mean, many times we're not even aware that we're having these self-sabotaging thoughts and, and behavior. So, Gosh, it just comes back to really that, that self-awareness. Let's talk a little bit about what brings you joy. What brings me joy? I think in the industry and in my career, one of the biggest things is watching a new hairdresser grow and watching it click for them, especially when working on new techniques and just seeing them thrive is one of the biggest motivators and one of the most joyous things for me in the industry. And outside of the industry, what brings me joy is my kids and my family and being able to be in the moment with them and um, just enjoying the small things like playing in the backyard. 
I love that. You, you talk about that that joy of seeing seeing something click for someone as a leader. You're a salon owner mm-hmm. now, and 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 you you know you're building a team. What happens when it doesn't click? What do you do? Well, I think I have had assistance in the past where it just hasn't clicked, and um, at that point, it's just a very honest conversation about what their deficiencies might be, what could be worked on and whether they want to continue in this career or this industry. And I've had a few assistants that haven't. I actually have one who's who didn't 10 years ago. She decided she didn't want to do hair and she just recently came back and is going to be assisting me um, a few hours once a week to kind of get her, you know, practice back in. And those are tough conversations to have. Yes, very uncomfortable. But I think, you know, like you said, having that self-awareness, if you are surrounded by people that have that, it makes it a lot easier because they already see it. You know, there's something that's not clicking. They get it. They see it. It still takes courage, though. Where do you find that courage? I think it's scarier for me not to have those conversations. And you know, my experience of letting things go and not confronting uncomfortable situations that has left me in more chaos and distress than if I would have just had a simple conversation is a really good reminder to me to just like face the uncomfortable and and deal with it head on, which a lot of people don't like. You, you, well, I mean, nobody likes it. And I think that's that's kind of the, the mystery around, uh, which really leads me to my next question about healthy boundaries. You know, there's this this idea that that boundaries are comfortable and they're just not. It's not comfortable. It's not happy. Uh, breaking up with somebody is not fun, you know. And so we we have this belief that it's supposed to be everything smooth sailing and whatever, and it's not. And 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 what I've seen and I've seen this in you so much is is really stepping into getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. I love that. So let's talk about healthy boundaries. How do you practice healthy boundaries? I think practicing healthy boundaries is for me just when I'm feeling like my space is being invaded or there's something that's uncomfortable, um, it's taking contrary action. When I want to hide and I don't want to address it, it's that's when I know the most that I need to address it and, and deal with the boundary. And I, over the years have, you know, dealt with boundaries head on. You can't do that to me. That's not okay. You know, blah, blah, blah. Now what I do when I'm trying to address someone that maybe has an unhealthy expectation or, you know, something that I need to address a boundary with, I try to put it on them and just ask them, you know, recently I had a situation where this person told me, well, you know, I want to, they were trying to make their own rules in my workplace. Well, I want to do this, but I don't want to do that. And I want to do this and I want to, and I said, okay, well, do you think that's fair? Do you think that would be fair to the people around you? So I kind of like, question them so that they start to see it. And then I'm not badgering them with boundaries. And then I can open up the conversation. Does that make sense? It, to- it totally does. And, and, and again, speaking of these ideas and kind of myths that we have, healthy boundary setting is very hard too. And it is very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the things that, that, that I've learned um, that again, you know, I, I see you doing more and more is really letting go of the outcome. 
because we have no control over the yeah. outcome. We have no control over other people. And, and we, we have this idea that we do and we just don't. And, and so that seems to be a big block when it comes to boundary setting is it's like, but, the, but they didn't respond the way I wanted them to. They weren't happy. They were, and I'm like, yeah, it's not really supposed to work that way. So, um, we really have to let go of that outcome. I love that. Um, okay. How do you find your rhythm? Being a business owner, a mom, a wife, a leader, a member of the community, how do you how do you do it all? Well, because of you, I'm really good at asking for help now. I was not like that just a few years ago. I thought I had to do it all. But now I tend to just focus on the stuff that I know that I'm good at and have a tendency to thrive with. And then um, and then I ask for help for the other stuff. So even, you know, in my relationship and in my family, it's hard for me to manage, you know, the bills, the kids, the house, the food, you know, all of that stuff. So I don't cook. (laughs) I outsource that. I get a little bit of help around the house. And um, my husband helps me with like the bills and all the other stuff where before I wasn't able to help ask for help and things were just getting so unmanageable. Um, and then the same thing in the salon. I, there's stuff that I'm not good at and I have a partner and we have an amazing manager and I'm able to ask for help in the areas that we need help with. So, um, I think the biggest thing I've learned in the last few years with you, and again, is something I could not do at all when I started in your mentorship program was ask for help (laughs) because I thought I had to do it all. And I was the only one that could do it. And that I love, I love that because that kind of goes, goes back to control, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And obviously again, growth and self-awareness, which seems to be the theme of, of this conversation. But what if, you know, one of our listeners, I already know who someone listening to this is saying, yeah, that sounds great, Amber, but I don't have any money. I, I just started my business. I have no budget. What, what, what do I do? How do I ask for help? Mm. So I was in that same position, you know, when I started the business of balayage and I didn't have money to pay anybody to do these things, but I had friends that could help and I had online resources, um, that were available and, um, I just made it work until, you know, the resources through hard work and saving and having a financial plan became available. It's so interesting because, you know, I, I talk often of this slow, steady and strategic and, mm. and I know that everything seems impossible, mm-hmm. right? It just seems unfathomable. And you know that, you know, I've been watching you and, and seeing you grow and I'm like, gosh, Amber's just on fire and how does she do all this amazing stuff? And 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 that's kind of that outside perspective, yet nobody really gets to hear that. When I started, I didn't have money. When I started, I didn't have resources. When I started, but we all started. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I started Passion Squared, I had zero clients and zero revenue. Zero. Mm -hmm. Like I sold everything I owned. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm not recommending everyone do that. Of course, (laughs) we all have our own, we all have our own path or whatever. But I literally was so committed and so passionate about, you know, the idea that. I, I gave up everything and I even worked for a little above minimum wage at one of my, my first clients, Pilates studio. Wow. After being a gazillion dollar a year executive. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like nothing was beneath me. And, 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 you know, it, I, I see that in you and, and I, I know that idea or the perception that everyone just wakes up and has a successful business or brand. It's just not true. No. It, you know, especially in the creative small business world, you know, hairdressers and um, creators and artists. And, you know, it's like, it, it's just not. And, and I love that um, people like yourself will share that, you know, the real truth behind what it takes. Not, not yeah. many people wake up with, you know, a full bank account and like, oh, what am yeah. I going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, little, 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 little steps, you know, one day at a time and, you know, and, and, and it can build. Um, okay. Um, what's your favorite quote? Well, this is a great segue because um, my favorite quote is don't compare your insides to anybody else's outsides, especially in the world of social media. And we can get so diverted by what we think people are doing or how we think people are. And again, like you said, it's I didn't just start with this huge bankroll. I started as a 16 year old high school dropout with no other options for any type of job or career. And through being able to stay focused and work hard. And then eventually it wasn't until I had been doing hair for 10 years, start a savings account, you know, start to kind of have some financial stability that I was able to then branch out into these other opportunities. But it definitely wasn't an overnight success for me and came with a lot of self-sabotage and bumps along the way. And, um, and so I just, I, I get so worried when I post things on social media that I'm excited about for that people, the crew, you know, out there that's comparing themselves to what I'm doing or me comparing myself to what other people are doing. Cause it is, you know, I'm only posting the highlights. I'm not posting the lowlights. <laughs> right. I love how you say that. And you did post something uh, a, a few days ago that, that I saw that was, very well received. And the reason it was well received is you were honest doing your year in review and, and, you know, some of you, you had, you had an interesting 2017, that's for sure. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and that's what people are looking for because we're all human and we all get caught up at one time or another with that comparison game. And it is so destructive and so detrimental and um, it, go, it really goes back to that self-awareness, you know, because we we all do it, as you said. Where can we find you, Amber? Well, you can find me on Instagram at Amber O'Hara Hair or on my new business, House of Collaboration, and at my new salon, Golden Braid Salon in Mission Viejo, California. I love that, Amber. Thank you so much for being you. our first guest. I love you. So we love I you. I love you. Happy Thank you so much. New Year. You when do we stop too. saying that? I'm not sure. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds perfect. Thank you for being so honest and real and, and adding so much incredible value. Uh, to the community. I, I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. And, and thank you so much. We love you. Thanks, Nina. Love you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. To learn more about Passion Squared, you can visit us at passionsquared.net. You can find us on the gram and on Facebook at Passion Squared. And be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. We're so grateful. Thank you so much for joining us. Have an awesome day, guys. Love you.